Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast with Adam Hergenrother and Caitlin Frotland, where we bring you weekly insights into spiritual growth and business success. So we've been talking a lot lately about just questions that are coming in from people. And there's another common one that we hear a lot. It's like, oh my gosh, I got this. Like, oh, like the clouds have parted. I see the light. I know. I got it. I got it. And then it's like three weeks later, three months later, somebody says like, oh my gosh, I am back in a situation where I feel totally lost and confused. So this idea of like, I got it, I lost it, um, comes up a lot. And yeah, curious on your own personal experience too, if you can speak to it, like, have you had these highs of, I got it, oh my gosh. And then, oh God, I really don't have it. You know, it's a question of like, am I really growing? Like, I've got this, like, you know, we, we talk about, I'll, I'll go through this. We talk about this in the 200% life, the four stages of spiritual growth. There's, you can kind of iterate each stage and you can make it like 16 stages you want, but basically the kind of four main stages. But really what, what people like, I've got it, I lost it. What they're really saying is they've had some experience that was high that gave them this kind of like new reflective way. They maybe have reoriented themselves. They've, they, they had an experience. It could be like an intimate moment. It could be like a sunset. It could be uh, just driving down the, the car it could be they read a book they read a sentence they hear something online it could anywhere so all of a sudden it just clicks though right and it just all it does is it kind of moves them over in this direction typically what happens in that first phase i always call it like the honeymoon phase which is instantaneously people start to feel uplifted because they've now opened themselves up so remember you're doing that you're you're, you're here kind of like at some level of of suffering again buddha refers to this all life is suffering so again it doesn't mean you're suffering like you have a broken leg it doesn't mean there's bankruptcy it doesn't mean people are dying around you it just means you're suffering at some level right like you're you know you, you the house cleaner didn't come and now you're suffering or like you know you got stuck in traffic and you're suffering you're irritated it's all basically any suffering is is if the personal mind is narrating how things did not go the way you wanted to right i don't know how else to kind of say it. or didn't unfold the way you wanted them to Remember, all of, all of life is suffering from a preference. The preference is I want life to be this way and I don't want life to be this way. And so you walk out in the world and that's now how you view the world. And if it happens to get what you want, you feel good. If it happens to get what you don't want, you don't feel good. If you, if you avoid what you don't want, you feel good. If you don't avoid what you don't want, you don't feel good. It's kind of like the quadrant of why people are always suffering at some level. And in this first stage when people kind of come into this, they like they start getting what they want. They feel good, and so now all and this is where you hustle some people. Like they're like, I'm a spiritual singer. Like I'm, I can heal people. Like it's just, and they're all good. They want to share it all in the world, right? They've had this experience, but in in my experience, this is not for everybody. In my experience, though, they have this experience, and they keep going back to the one experience that they've had, and they keep trying to replicate that experience that they've had in the next moment. So then they use all their intellect. They try to use this. And they still may, in just the fact of them being and having a direction to get that energy back makes them feel better. It's kind of like when you have a goal, like you start to feel better to when you start working towards it, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you start getting this phase, but you, you, you get into this kind of like high of like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And by the way, and we'll put a pin in that and come back to it in a second. Um, this will happen like your entire life. Like you'll get... You'll have moments where you've released it and you're like, is this it? Like, is this the final like thing that you're doing? And then you're like, nope, it's not there, right? So you come to just realize, is that still a thought? A thought of, is this it, is taking you out of the moment. And so it's like, you have to be so tricky. It's like, so the thought of going, I've had this experience, 
I need to get back to this or I can share this experience with other people is still a thought generated to take you out of experiencing what is permanent. And so like whether you have, you and also it could be a meditation, you have this wonderful, you know, people share all the time, this wonderful deep experiences through cathartic breathing or through meditation is wonderful, but I see you suffering now. Like, so that's, that's not what you really want to do is you want to recognize that that's how you should feel at all times without having the world to be a certain way, right? You can be in the world, but not of it, right? You don't have to be that way. So this first stage is like this honeymoon phase. The second stage is really where it comes into, which is reality starts to set in, right? It really starts to set in. And this is typically, we kind of answer it, I'll, I'll pause right here for a second. That's where you like, you feel really high, three months later, six months later, something happens and you find yourself way lower than you were before because you've recognized in that moment that you have the mind telling you you're nowhere, this was all didn't work. You know, even like this was, you know, and you start buying into your thoughts again of like, now I'm exactly where I was before. Yeah, I think that's really common to question the growth. And I think this is really what's like driving this conversation. Like I thought I grew so much. I thought I had improved so much. And now I'm in this experience that feels worse, maybe worse, or at it least as bad. Yes. And where you're that, no longer feeling the openness of what you felt before. Right. Yeah. And then does that negate all that growth before that I thought I had? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think um, it could if you it, it, it could if you start storing some scars again. That's why like the purpose is that to make sure nothing stays stored from here on out. So you're constantly relaxing and releasing. Um, and if you start storing things again, then it can start neglecting some of the work that you did. You just gonna have to do it again. You know, in TM, they used to use this kind of analogy that the first meditation that kind of kept you at a baseline of relaxation and releasing, so nothing else got stored. And the second one throughout the day was the one that actually got you to re remove some of the stuff that's been stored. So the first one was kind of like a like a way of like anything that happened that day, you kind of release that stress, that scars of some scars. The second one is working at like the, like the bag of some scars that are sitting there. And so the same thing can be kind of applied here, which is like, you first, when that happens, the first thing that you want to do is make sure that you're not now restoring things. So work on that first. You're going, okay, I am here. I'm experiencing this feeling. I'm aware that I'm, I wasn't as thought as high as I thought it was, or that this was going to be easy. I actually remember one time in project you, we had this woman, she was, she her first time into it and we had our first session and we got high into spirituality. And she was like, this is like, the, she was static. I mean, this is the picturesque example of this. Mm. And she was like, this is the easiest thing. Like she was like, oh, I, I don't know if I even need this course anymore. Like she literally was like, it was like, I've got this whole thing down. And we do a, the, a, a, an in-person gathering every three months and she'd come back and she looked completely different. And she was very honest with the group of being like, up until like basically a week ago, I thought I like didn't even need this course anymore. And I realized that like, I am so far where I thought I was. I think it's not that you necessarily lost the work that you've done. I think that you tried to bypass the work that you thought you had to do. And so you have this idea that you're further along than you are, which feels like it's, you're actually, feels like you're losing those things. I just don't think you were there in the first place. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was a self-concept that you were already at the finish line. And then you realize you're not. And that's why it feels much worse because you bought into the concept that you're already there and then you recognize and it starts to really set in this awareness, this knowing sets in of going, oh, wow. Like this is a, I thought this was a five mile tunnel. This is 5 million miles and mm. it never stops. It's like you're digging a tunnel and all of a sudden 
it's, you know, instead of just stopping digging, you turn around and you realize, okay, I've stopped digging and that felt a lot better because I'm no longer exercising this. But now I, three months later, six months later, I've turned around and realized I have 5 million miles to backstab. Do you think so? Let's say in the moment of I got it, right? Where people feel like maybe excited or whatnot. Do you think that there's like a natural flow of energy because something is cleared and opened up? You've had a change of perspective that lets you see things differently. But then the mind comes in, like you're saying, and attaches to it. Like, oh, look at me. I've grown so much. I'm doing so well. And then that actually makes you feel even more excited because, yes. like, you're attaching yes. to this idea. Yes. Yeah, you, you start buying. Yeah, you, you attach your energy, your consciousness, to another thought. Which, again, and, that's, and now you, you're buying into the thing that you're getting what you want. And so now you've, you're opening up even more. So you are actually opening up, but it's all built on sand. Mm-hmm. And this is why it always comes crashing down. You, it's the same thing if like, you know, like in business, if like you go out there and you think like, I've, I've, I've got this, this is the best business in the world. And like, I, this is so easy. And then like one moment you get an email and you're like, shit, we're screwed. It's going to fail and everything's going to go rough. Like it's like, that quickly it can change. Yeah. And it's the same thing in your, in your, in your spirituality, which is just like, look, this could be in anything. Like, you know, I, I learned how to ski five years ago because I wanted to be more in the backcountry after snowboarding for 25 years. And like, I remember I'd be skiing and I'd be like, oh, I've got it. And then the next time I'd go up there and I'd be like, I don't got it. Yeah. And so then like, but every time you're making a little bit of progress and you just keep chipping away at it. And we'd like, we talked about in the last episode, the real work that you have to do in order to do this is when you recognize that like, okay, I have a lot more work to do. You should thank that. Because that is the next step. If you never get out of that step, you now, which some people don't, their entire life they've spent thinking they've got it until one moment you realize or you never realize that you don't. And it's almost in the moment that you realize you don't have it, which is when you can do the deep work. Because you can't do the work if you think you got it because you're not really doing it or you are you doing it marginally because you're now, you're so caught up in the the ego or your self-concept or the voice inside your head that you're literally not even doing the deep work. So you should actually thank it and be, be grat- grateful for the fact that you now became aware that you don't have it because that is the next phase in what you have to do. Reminds me of the podcast a few back that we talked about clarity and that contraction and expansion and that the contraction has to exist for then the expansion and that you, they really are part, like we see them as like, this moment is so great and this moment is so hard, but they actually exist together. In- yeah. Like, you know, it's, you're absolutely right. I mean, I have some friends that are dear friends and, and, you know, they don't talk to me. You know, people ask a lot of times, like, do I just go around like talking about spirituality? The answer is no. Like I rarely do outside of like podcasts. I try to teach this in, in business, um, but I, I interject it in the 200% way. So I kind of like, are you letting go? I use these concepts when we can do this. And I certainly use it with some friends that do it, but I have dear friends that like, they have no interest in talking about this. Right. And you can see, see so clearly how they're caught in it, but you don't, it's not your right to go around being like, you should really be working on this because they, and and people go, well, if you wanted to change somebody, wouldn't you tell them? And it's like, they have to become aware before they can start doing the work. And so the only way you can do it is if like you keep showing up and being that, and then maybe at some point they ask you about it, which is the only way to make it happen. But once they ask you about it, then it opens up the invitation that they may actually be aware or may be ready, or they may not be. But it's really critical that like, that's why that stage of like, oh, I've lost it, now I've got it, is actually a wonderful step. It is the next stage of your spirituality. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing, again, on this kind of this example, just with friends. If, 
if friends don't want to talk about that, like I can sit around a table and I have any, and I can get into like a normal conversation or like just like, and I can just flow with it. Right. Like I'm not like, it's not like you're negative or anything, but I don't need to be sitting there and like, are you relaxed here? Right. Like he's, you don't show up that way. Like, at least I don't like, I, I, you know, that was what I also learned from like spending time with, like with Michael uh, singer, which was just like, we got into a normal conversation. It wasn't just like, you know, we talked a lot about deep spirituality, but there are times we were just talking about sports or are you just talking about, you know, like just like you just having a conversation because it's something to do. It's not like anyone's attached to it. So you got to remember that being a spiritual person or working on these things does not mean that you can't like talk about sports or talk about the weather or talk about these things. You're just not attached to them. You're not tying anything to it. You can go have fun. You can go get married and have vacations. It's got nothing to do with that. But I think still, you know, I took, I gave that story a couple of episodes back where when I was first working, I thought people had like this special gift, you know, in, in being in real estate that they had like something that I would never be able to have. And you realize if the concept of spirituality has nothing to do about how you look or how you show up or whether you drink wine or don't drink wine or drink coffee or don't drink coffee or you're sitting in a cave, right? That's why it's, you know, the subtitle of the book is, that, you know, you don't have to sit in a cave, you know, in order to achieve, um, you know, any type of spiritual, you know, spiritual growth and business success. And you don't, and it's, it's like that, that was the big, you know, that was a question that I had in my life in 2010, 11, and 12 was just like, I don't want to go sit in the Himalayas or like, I don't want to go travel around in India and try to be around one of these masters to experience it. If that's your path, that's awesome. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but I just, I enjoyed the simplistic nature of doing this and then just doing the work. And that's what, you know, the, the beauty about this is once you become aware, you could be in the middle of New York city, you could be in the middle of the woods. You could be in any country still doing this work. So it's irrelevant no matter what environment you have, you can still be doing this work at any time. And if you, there's nothing wrong with still improving your environment if you want to, right? There's nothing wrong with any of that, but you're not doing it. Like I'm so clear. Like we had a big transaction the other day, um, multi, multi million dollar transaction. And my wife is like, oh, that must feel good. I go, I don't feel any different. I don't feel any different. Um, and, uh, she's like, yeah, I can tell. And I was just like, it was as simple as that. It was just a question. And it's just like, you know, and, and again, so money, financial money or any of those different things, it's a good, it's mechanically like it's, you can do different things with it and you have these things, but it, none of that is going to give you the feeling that you're looking for. What will give you the feeling that you're looking for is getting rid of the, why you need those things in the first place. And then when you don't need them, you get to enjoy them on a deeper level, which is why if you need nothing, enjoy everything. Needing nothing allows you to actually enjoy everything. Not needing life allows you to enjoy life, right? Just that's a deep, understand that. And once you make peace with death, you can then truly experience life. But if you need life to give you an experience, you're going to fear death and that's going to cause suffering. So one of the things that you have talked about in or came up in our Project View last retreat was this E to P model. Um, And I think it's, kind of it's specific to Keller Williams or but can you share more about that and how that relates yeah. to this concept yeah there's this um well, we, we're teaching it in quantum leap which is a wonderful course we'd love to teach about taking charge of your life and it's I always call it the first start you have to start somewhere I remember when I started my kind of personal growth journey that's when I was 15 um going on 16 I started this visualization and, and, and actually like uh, vision boards like they were like they were huge for me right like because it was just some orientation there. So again, that's one stage in your life. Like I, I don't necessarily use them anymore, but they were very helpful for me back in that day. Like they were very, very helpful. 
um, E to P is a process that's being moving from being entrepreneurial to purposeful. And it really works in anything. It's, it, it's, that's why it's never designed to be purposefully just in business. It's designed to, for and, and model for your life. What it really says is, if you use the example in business, let's just use athletics because it's, it's easy to do it. Being entrepreneurial in athletics is like, I'm really good at skiing and I can naturally get on there and I get really good. But at some level, my entrepreneurial is going to tap out. Like I have some level of this going to end. And by the way, you can see this in athletics with kids or like adults, right? Everyone has a different hierarchy of what it is, but everyone has a lid, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone has a lid at their entrepreneurial tendency, how good it makes them at business, how good it makes them at being a friend, how good it makes them at being, you know, in sports. So at some point you hit that lid. Now, other people's lids are higher than other people's lids and different things. If somebody's higher in sports, somebody may be higher in intellect. But at some point, everyone hits this kind of this ceiling. And what typically happens when the people hit the ceiling is they naturally then start getting disappointed because they can't, they keep bumping against it. And so then they look for and they go, oh, I wonder if there's a different path that's easier for me. I wonder if I can go do this over there. I wonder if I could, if I just had that over there and they start going down, disappointment leads to greener pastures. And then you get to a point and you turn around and you realize now I have all this growth again because I'm so far away from the ceiling that you use your entrepreneurial tendency and you go back at it again. And then you hit the ceiling and people repeat this process <clears throat> in their life. If you want to break through the ceiling, you have to use what's called, that's why this is move E to P, entrepreneurial, what's called purposeful. Entrepreneurial is about what does what comes naturally. Purposeful is what about comes unnaturally, which means it's hard. It's mm-hmm. difficult. There's new models. There's new systems. There's new way of looking at procedures. There's new way of looking at your life. And the E to P model is the same way it works in spirituality as it does in business. At some point, your natural business level will hit a ceiling. You have to then get models, systems, procedures, new people that then bring your business to the next level. The same thing in spirituality is, is there, if, if I got, you know, at some point bringing me from where I was using vision boards was a model that brought me past my ceiling. But if I had just stayed with that vision board for the entire life, then I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Because if you learn two plus two and you never go past that, then you're never going to learn any more mathematics. It's, and so at some point you have to keep learning the next phase, which is being purposeful on it, which is being putting attention to it, bring new energy towards it. And it's the same thing. And that's why different, you can't get trapped in techniques and spirituality either, which you see this a lot. People just, just meditate and that's their only thing that may take them the rest of the way. I'm not saying it can't, but people can get trapped in that and thinking that is the only loop instead of looking for another technique that may be a little bit higher. And if you see people, that have really raised, you know, have risen the ranks of spirituality, if you will, in terms of consciousness, they've all started off doing things. You see, they do different levels of different stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even I, you know, uh, so anyways, so it's like, you know, I think Michael Singer is a great example of this. I was thinking of somebody else. Michael Singer does this and he's like, I didn't eat and meditated for 12 hours a day, but I don't know how much it was, eight hours a day. And he's like, it didn't work. He's like, that was a phase of me. Let me tell you, everybody, like that, you don't need to go do that, right? There's some form of meditation that helps, right? Whatever that is, they can, you can find that. So moving from E to P is like, so then, then how do I become more purposeful in my life? And so then to me, the purposefulness as the starting point of spirituality is being aware, is being present, is, is understanding and being aware that you have this voice, understanding that you have these emotions. And then how do I release them? Is being present to this release at first, you'll play with the energy. You'll, again, we can go through the whole cycles here. I don't want to confuse people, but 
you'll you'll have a technique. But the thing is, you don't even have to think about the techniques. If you're willing to just continue to release, the technique should unfold for you. Just like if you're continuing to be a growth-minded individual in business, the technique will unfold for you. Like you'll read a new book, you'll read a new system. So as long as you're doing that and you're applying in the model to what you're doing in your life, you keep iterating your model and slowly by slowly it just makes it better and you just keep advancing your, your purposefulness to bring you to that next level. Do you think these lost it moments are almost like hitting your lid mm-hmm. and then it's, okay, now I need to get more purposeful yeah. or try something else? I think it's that, and like I said before, it's like that first stage of like, if you never become aware they hit your lid, you're never out of that phase. Mm-hmm. And that's why... I said, it's, it's actually a great thing the minute you realize that you've lost it because that is now the next phase of your journey. Now you need a new technique. You need to be more purposeful. You need to release even more, right? You just need to now take a new technique until you hit the next one and hit the next one and next one. It just never stops. So in a way, it's like you could, you could flip it from I lost it to like, oh, I'm like moving through the next level. You are moving to the level. next level. That's, yeah. why, that's how yeah. people should see that because again, if you, if, and that's why I was going back with some of my friends, if they never become aware that that's the game they're playing, they just never become aware and they go through the life that way and they should relatively try to work to get their life okay, right? I always tell people like, if you don't wanna do this work, then you should relatively try to go get your life okay. So you relatively have a better life and that you're happier and more general for what it is. But if you do become aware and you get that glimpse and that becomes a spark that starts taking you, you're on a whole different path, right? And that's what you, that's what you have to go. You're gonna go through a whole bunch of stages. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So for somebody who's in like an I lost it moment right now, what is the one thing that you would recommend or say, like, how do you get through it? How do you punch through to that next well, level? Let me ask you that question. I mean, you've mm-hmm. had that before. What do you do? <laughs> um, I mean, when it's an I lost it moment, it's usually a pretty intense, like some scar or something has been hit. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what I'm doing here. But I do, you know, but that my, that's what my mind says. For some of it, it's, I feel like it's just, it's like going back to basics in a way, like, okay, I need to breathe. I need to like stay watching this as much as possible. Um, I think the, the lid feels like, which I didn't get until we have had this conversation um, today. It's just that the, the, I didn't realize it was supposed to get harder because I think that's where I, I fall into the trap of like, why is it so hard? I thought I was doing this. It shouldn't be this hard. Um, it's still a thought. Yeah. So. That's a, that's a preference member. Yeah. It's a preference that you don't want it to be hard. Yeah. You want it to be easier. And now you're buying into a preference or a thought again instead of just allowing it to be what it is. Yeah. So quickly that shows up though. It's amazing yeah. how quickly. It's just right there. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you find yourself and you don't even become aware until later on in the road, you go, I bought into another thought. Mm-hmm. It's so just so addicting to want mm-hmm. to just sink ourselves into a thought. And it's comforting, by the way. Yeah, and I think with those really intense um, scars or whatnot, it's like a buying into a really big thought. Mm-hmm. And one, it is comforting. It's like an old kind of yes. thought pattern. Mm-hmm. And so being able to drive the wedge in awareness just takes a lot more almost energy, focus, purpose. To you know what? Uh, one thing I will say is I think it gets harder in some aspect, but easier in the other. Mm-hmm. And I, what I mean is that like it gets harder because the what you're releasing is deeper and bigger and more painful because you've already gotten rid of the upper stuff. But it becomes easier because you've been through the E to B cycle before. Mm-hmm. You've been through a relaxation before. Once you've been through it, now you know that you can get through it. 
Now you know that the technique is there. Now you know how to relax. Now you know how to release. Now you know how to stay present. Now you know how to be aware. Now you know how, if you get caught, how to, to realize what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that becomes easier because you have more confidence in itself. What becomes harder is the feeling, the disturbance becomes more painful. Mm-hmm. And it, it can feel like it can crush you. It can feel really, really overpowering. But at some point, you also just start to welcome that because you start separating even more. So when it starts to show up, one thing I've noticed is um, when the when the event really starts to disturb, if it's a really big one, the further the further back you get, I feel like it's intensified at first. What I've noticed recently is that like it, it doesn't. I feel I know it's a big one going up there, but I'm so further away from it now that it doesn't feel as high as hard as it used to anymore. Mm. It doesn't, and I may change in a future podcast. But like yeah. what I've experienced is that it it, it isn't. Like it, it first hits like a lightning strike and then I'm just instantaneously relaxing. That's my first relaxation is to relax this and let this come through. And it's almost like it just like, it's like, okay, he's going to let, it's like, there's no resistance. And so therefore it's still painful, but it doesn't grab you the same way. Like you can tell it's very uncomfortable. You can tell that it's there, but it's like, you're just not in the center of the storm anymore. You're just off to the sides. So you're just getting that spray, right? It's kind of like when you talk about Ram Dass before, about he gets the spray from the river. That's what it literally starts to feel like. It just starts to feel like you're just now getting sprinkles mm. instead of being caught in the whole thing. And you see it clear. So again, it just hits you like lightning. It's really bad and you're relaxing, but it just starts to just allow itself to move through you uh, in, a, in a faster, crisper, kind of more condensed way. I don't know how else to say it. Well, it's kind of funny because when you get to the end of that like intense energy period and you do let it move through you, it's like the same thought can arise, but there's just no attachment to it. It's like you just see right through it. You're just like, oh, there's that thought. And so I imagine, because I'm not there yet, but what you're describing sounds like it's just a, it's easier to see through things. Like it's not... You, you don't, don't buy, buy into it, it yeah. same level of intensity that you do. Right? Yeah. 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 You still can, by the way. You got to be really careful about that because I remember Roddy Shanti talking about this in an interview with Tammy Simon. Uh, she asked him, the founder of Sounds True. She was like, she, he was like, do you feel like you're, I forget the word, the way she worded it. Do you feel like you're enlightened or conscious? The only thing that I know is I'm not Velcroed right now. Mm-hmm. I could be Velcroed in the next thought where he's saying, he used the words Velcro to Velcro himself to a thought. He goes, I could be in the future. All I can tell you right now is I'm not. And that's really the only way to answer that question, though. Because if you were to say, no, I'm not going to be Velcro in the future, that's now you buying into a thought that you're not going to be. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I mean. Like, you, you start pulling away from that. And the only way to answer that question is, I'm not right now. Yeah. That's the only You don't know actually what's going to happen in the future. That is a thought that's there. And that's why his, the honesty of there is just that you see it so purely. Right now, I'm not. I'm not Velcro. Could be in the future. I don't know. Yeah. I think that interview was in Straight Talk on Enlightenment. Yes. Um, yeah, and which is also kind of inspiration for this uh, podcast episode, too. He has a chapter in there. I got it. I lost it yeah. in the end of the year world. And so I know you've said you've read that book a bunch. Yeah. So we've talked about, you know, these are good moments to look forward to. Yes. But let's say you're caught in thought anyway of like, oh, my gosh, I'm not even, you know, growing. What are things that you can look out for to actually know that you're making yeah. spiritual progress? Well, two things to kind of look for. Number one, though, is again, is going back to what we just talked about, which is being aware that you're aware that you're not there is wonderful, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's a wonderful step that you're going, great, that's a check mark of knowing you're moving there. The second thing is, is other stuff that used to bother you no longer bother you. That to me is real personal growth, real spiritual growth, because it's permanent. It's no longer, it's not faking. Like, 
if the drivers in front of you used to bother you, like this is such a classic example. Like I, I think when I was 15, 16, 16, 17, 18, like I definitely had road rage. Like there was no, I used to get fired up for people. And now there's like a, there's like a, maybe a thought when somebody's driving there, just, I don't even think about it. Right. Just don't even think about it. And so, you know, like it just doesn't bother you. So there isn't a thought to thought of the thought, right? There's not a thought to think about the thought because mm-hmm. it doesn't bother you. So therefore it's not really until you look back at it, do you go, how do I get bothered by that anymore? That's when you know it's true spiritual growth. You know, we were, we were talking about the two individuals that actually happened. One guy happens to be from Vermont and one guy happens to be from New Hampshire, Ronald Reed. And do you remember the other guy's name? Um, no, I, I forget. Anyways, he recently passed, both of them passed away, but the guy, Ronald Reed, um, had worked as a janitor, never made like more than $38,000. This is, you can fact check me on somewhere around there. Ended up giving away $6 million at the end of his life. And people were like, wow, like where'd this money come from? And this other guy just passed away this year. And he gave away like $3.7 or $3.5 million away. And there's, you know, uh, people were talking about this as an example of like the guy lived in a mobile home park, drove on his tractor, and it was the, like a really super happy guy. And they were like, well, was he really frugal or was he just independent? And frugality means that like I want something, but I'm preventing myself from going out and getting it. I don't think he was doing that. He could have been. I think he was actually just didn't need anything. Therefore, there was no need to go buy anything, right? Like there isn't, there was no desire or need to go do something or go get something. Therefore, it's no longer bothering him to go get a new house or a new car or whatever, take a vacation. He just didn't need it. That is the true spiritual growth and personal growth when something that used to bother you. I think um, there used to be a, there's a saying that says, something that used to offend you no longer ceases to exist to you and offend you in the old way mm-hmm. because what it says. Yeah. All of that basically is what they're saying. Again, they're same thing we're talking about now. They were talking about hundreds, thousands of years ago. It's the same thing here, which is just if you, um, if it's not, if, if you, if you let go of the samskara that used to, that samskara used to get hit, it's no longer there. You're not hit. So it just doesn't, you don't think about it, right? Like you don't think about the birds outside having a problem right now, or that there's a squirrel stuck in a, you know, a nest somewhere and can't get out. It's not bothering anybody. So it just doesn't bother you. And that's when you know, like when things that used to bother you no longer bother you, that is the telltale sign that you're growing spiritually. Because then you can come back and go, that used to bother me. Or this way, it, you know, it, I really used to go to like a nine when people would cut me off. Now I go to a seven. That's growth. That is real growth. Now you know you're doing that work. And then you go, but now I only go to a four. Or you know, when my kids used to yell at me or not put the, you know, whatever it is they used to do that bothered me. I don't get as irritated anymore. That's personal growth. That's spiritual growth. That's how you know. It's just it doesn't bother you to the same degree it used to. And that's how you know you're releasing these things. And that releasing of that allows those things to not bother you anymore. And if you're not bothered, you're clear. You're centered. You're aware. And you can handle reality. You can interact with it. And now you can show up and contribute without having to contribute. It's like our ego wants to look for these big moments of like, oh, I've got it. I'm growing spiritually. But it sounds like what you're saying is it's often really in the small little moments. That is where we actually see growth. Yeah, that's where we that's where we start is these small moments and they'll leak in the bigger things. But just like over time, you know, just like your kids start really small and all of a sudden you wake up, and you look and you're like, wow, how they like grown. It's like happens slowly but fast. It's the same thing that happens in spirituality. You'll look down one day and be like, wow, I'm just not bothered. And my life is just, you don't say it like this, but you're just like, I'm just lighter. You can use those words, but you just feel lighter. And like you just, and things can go on and you recognize the fragility of life and you just get to experience it deeper. And that becomes, you now become a great gift 
um, of doing that. So every time you feel like you've lost it, just you should pat yourself on the back and go, that's the next step. And just relax, release. And